Thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 153. Cupid laid by his brand and fell asleep. A maid of Diane's this advantage found, and his love kindling fire did quickly steep in cold valley fountain of that ground, which borrowed from his holy fire of love a dateless lively heat still to endure, and grew a seething bath which yet men prove gainst strange miladies a sovereign cure. But at my mistress eye loves brand new fired, the boy for trial needs would touch my breast, I sick with all the help of bath desired, and thither heed a sad distempered guest. But found no cure, the bath from my help lies where Cupid got his fire, my mistress said I. That was Sonnet 153 of Shakespeare's Sonnets, with my phone going off in the background, even though it was in the airplane mode. Damn you, Apple! Um, I am Mark Chatterley, and I am joined, as always, by the delightful... Oh, thank you very much, to, uh, kind sir, Thierry Hillis. The way I thought would be civil. This is the last but one. <laughs> that, that is true. I, I did. You, you, you made a wonderful mistake for it as well. Did I? You said uh, maladies instead of maladies. I did say maladies rather than maladies. Damn it! <laughs> there is, there is no sovereign cure for uh, maladies. There should be. Damn it! Why hasn't the <laughs> king come in and made a cure for all the ladies? It's it's that 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 sounds like a really really bad euphemism. <laughs> what the king's cure for ladies? Yeah. <laughs> what have you got? Doesn't matter. The king's cure sorted it. Walk, walking in with his bride, <laughs> curing the ladies, <laughs> curing the uh, what is what is it they called it in the sixties? Hysteria. It's, yes. Yeah. Uh, when women got hysterical. Yeah. Bad, bad ladies. Don't get hysterical. The the old cure for that was very bad. wasn't good. It was. What was the old? The cure? old cure was rape. In Greek times, <laughs> it was they they. I, I this may be an urban myth, but I've heard it's meant to be because someone believed the woman's womb was running around their body trying to escape, and so the right the way to make sure it's in its right place is is systematic rape until the woman shuts up, which. Probably means going into shock, I'd imagine. That could all be an urban myth. I've heard it a couple of times from various people. Yeah, I I, I vastly preferred the sixties where you just went to the um, gynecologist and they just invented the vibrator. <laughs> well, they even had they had um, like steam powered vibrators in Victorian times, which is absolutely amazing. Big, Seriously. big machines that would go ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. <laughs> just, just absolutely amazing. There'd be no... What are you that's, doing that's in there, mummy? That's Nothing. worse than hearing your neighbour having sex. You're just, just like, what's going on next door? Ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. <laughs> and he's like, ma, poor, poor lady is ill. <laughs> she, is, she is suffering from a hysterical episode. We just, we just leave her be. Woo-woo! Ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. <laughs> Oh dear, that's that's bad. I'm very sorry. I've lowered the tone. <sighs> but yeah, after the whole masturbating sonnets and the police of sex with me sonnets and look at my dick sonnet. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. 
Sorry, it's Shakespeare. It's Shakespeare really lowered the tone. Not us. Well, I mean, this was never written for the public, but Shakespeare was also very good at rude humour because he had to entertain the masses. Yes, that's true. He did. I mean, all his plays always have the, the comic relief in it, or it's the porter in Macbeth, or, or, or talking about penises in this. It's the comic relief for lower-minded well, the, the, people like um, me. The, the, not the maid in Romeo and Juliet. But is it, is it the maid? The nurse. The, the nurse. That's the one. Mm. It's been a long time since I've it's watched It's always that. a character that's a bit um, silly. So, uh, But this is a really weird sonnet. Is that, is that it's completely out of the two themes that we've had. Or two or three themes. But mainly the sonnets are the fair youth or the dark lady. In general, and and then we got these random two sonnets just stuck on the end, which are about Cupid, which is which is slightly weird. So it's well, apparently it's based on a Greek anthology. Yeah, which Cupid falls asleep mm-hmm. and has his sword nicked, doesn't he? Is that right? Did he have a sword? I think in, in oldie times, in old times. Hang on, hang. He's, he's robbed of his love brand by the nymphs, my notes say, who seek to quench it by plunging it in a fountain. Yes, which which creates a, a hot spring. Yeah, the fountain heats up and the brand is not quenched so that the nymphs thereafter bathe in hot water. So it's, it's a really weird... It's, it's taking us into a... A myth. It would have been seen even in in Shakespeare's time as as a complete myth. So he's gone from what we presume were real life situations, or at least situations based in the real world, into mythology. Yeah, I mean, he's often made um, allusions to uh, to mythology. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a new concept that he's, he's suddenly introduced, but but yeah, I I can. Uh... Hmm. What? I don't know. It just this just kind of reads to me at least as a conclusion to um, all the sonnets that came before the 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 fair uh, youth and the dark lady. Just a kind of more generalized statement on love. Okay, go on. I like this. It's maybe he's 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 had the the gay relationship in quotation marks, the friendship, and then he's had the obsession, and 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 now he's just kind of without a specific. Like he still refers to um. The mistress's eye, but just to kind of. I didn't read it as there is a specific woman right now. It's just a kind of well. The the nymphs created the hot spring and and. That can't cure me. That's not a cure for um, his strange malady, the love, and the only way that love can be cured is if he looks into the woman's eyes, that the woman that he does love. Which kind of makes sense. It's the, the only way to stop going insane. In that, in the, the being in love again, he's kind of 
the being in love part, the only way to not go insane is to be with the other person. Yes, yeah. Because as soon as you're on your own, you're just gonna... Not going mad, but... Stuck in that oscillation between pure happiness and utter depression. Yeah, when they're not around, it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I guess what I find interesting about this is... is in in this cupid's brand whatever that is 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 what creates love and and so diane i'm guessing is diana the goddess of love the um, roman goddess steals yeah. it and and quenches it in this valley fountain so no love can be spread but in doing so creates a kind of lovely hot warm hot spring but then Shakespeare's mistress's eyes restarts the brand. It gives it its ability to create love back. So he's imbued this mistress with the power to create love, not not just fall in love, but actually create it. So we're 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 back to Shakespeare imbuing his 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 affections with godlike powers. He he's given his mistress godlike powers to create love. And I suppose that kind of fits. He's he's so obsessed with this this lady. It's not it's not um just normal love. It can't be normal love. It's it's obsessive love. So she must be special in some way. She has to be the person who can create love, not just fall in love. It's not his fault he's fallen in love with her. She her love ability was so powerful it, it gave Cupid back his power <coughs> yeah hmm was that quite deep was that did I do well no I just yeah you did well I I didn't um I didn't quite see it that way but I think I do now yeah I win so what the the um Diana stole the torch, put it in the fountain. Yeah. And then his mistress's eyes the the, the Hattie already lit her heart or whatever the image is. I don't know what he does with the brand torch. I know it says. Is that how it works? Because I only know the um, bow and arrow one. I don't really know. No, I don't. And like, Does he set some fire to people's hearts? Yeah, I, well, I think loves uh, Cupid's love is always described as a fire, um, but I've never he- heard of Cupid being pictured with a a torch. But then I've not really looked much into the Cupid myth. Um, but it does say, "But my mistress, I loves brand new fired." So it does it does explicitly state that his mistress's eyes new fired the brand. It created it again. It recreated it or relit it. So was she was there love already and it just got extin- extinguished? In in her had fired oh, had Cupid know. already. I, yeah, it suggests made her love. Oh, my reading. There was still. No, go my, ahead. My reading of it is that she gave it back its power. She lit it again, and and surely the fire is what spreads. So Cupid didn't give her love. He she gave it to him, and then Cupid then spread it to 
Shakespeare's character. So not a Cupid had lit her heart and then... No. The nymph stole it and she kind of used the... No, because it... Glowing coals to rekindle it. Is, but at my mistress' eye, love's brand new fired. The boy for trial needs would t- touch my... Br- uh, the boy for trial needs would touch my breast. So it seems to suggest she relit Cupid's stick with fire and then Cupid touches Shakespeare with it to make him fall in love with this mistress. Hmm. That's a weird image. So what, the mistress doesn't need Cupid? Yeah, that's that's how I would read it, but I, I might be completely wrong here. Hmm. Unless, unless... The only other way I can think of reading it would be she didn't restart... Cupid's brand on purpose. Her love for Shakespeare re- so her love for Shakespeare restarted Cupid's powers. Love was lost to the world the moment his, his brand was extinguished but she was able to love Shakespeare with so much might it brought love back into the world. Yeah. And then Cupid from that relationship was able to restart his torch it's a deep one this Hmm. which does make it kind of weird because my notes say the mistress is the dark lady and it's like that doesn't quite work no with especially not with your reading that um but he has she loved him so much that cupid regained his powers which is why i think i went for my first Uh, reading which is that she something in her is has the ability to create love because that fits in with the other dark lady sonnets where He's been accusing her of essentially bewitching him. Is the at my mistress I loves brand new fired? Is that her or is that him? Her, I. She's looking at it, and that's why it, the torch flames up yeah again. that's what i that's how i'm reading it okay now that's that was my first impression but the more i stare at this line the weirder it looks <laughs> <sighs> it doesn't i mean i barely have any notes on there he's just explaining the um the cupid myth there is nothing else then i believe we shall go with my view and I claim to be right. Ha 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 ha. Okay, I I am happy to do that. Yay! Oh, that's good. That's good then. Fi- finally, you you uh, I have taught you everything I know. And it only took 152 sonnets. That's all it took. <laughs> Blimey. Um, I quite like this. I do. I I. It's really bizarre. It just being here because it doesn't really directly connect with any of the others. I mean, the theme of love is still there. It's almost as if, because we, going back to the beginning when we when we started this, the the only thing I'd ever heard of the sonnets were they're the greatest love poems ever written, and and that gets thrown around quite a lot in reference to the sonnets. Is they are the greatest love poems, and then we got into reading them, and I realised they're not love poems; they're stalkery and torturey, and and they are poems about 
a dark version of love. Yeah. Several different forms of it, but very, yeah. I don't. It's and it, most people haven't read them, and it's very easy to go as love poems. Yeah, and and it deals with the darker side of it, and then you get to this, and it's like Shakespeare's got to the end and gone, crap! I need to make people think it actually is about love, just like the first few sonnets were. So he's thrown them in at the end. So the, your beginning and your ending impressions of the sonnets are about love. In, in this kind of traditional Greek, Cupid comes along and a sickness of the heart that makes you love someone else. When in reality, all the sonnets are about power imbalance and, and deception and things like that. It's really quite interesting, mm. I think. It's weird. I mean, especially... <clears throat> I don't know. I don't think this is all stuff we could talk about in the last sonnet and kind of look back, but especially all the um, the sonnets that teachers choose for the curriculum. Yes, those are all the bits that kind of out of context could very easily be love poems. Yeah, sonnet one thirty for one. Uh, my uh... yeah. My mistress eyes are nothing like the sun. Eyes are nothing like the sun. Which I always thought was this amazing love sonnet to uh, a very plain woman, and that's why that's why I fell in love with that sonnet. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was taught in school. And then you see it in the context of this, and what Shakespeare means by very plain woman is actually really derogatory. Yeah, he, he's yeah. saying you it's... are ugly. You are fundamental. It's not you are human, and therefore I forgive your flaws. It's you are ugly, no, you are. and you've bewitched me, which is different. I unless we've just read all the sonnets completely wrong. Maybe a cynical straight man and a gay man aren't the best people to review the sonnets. <laughs> Yeah. I did like how I managed to keep most of my cynicism throughout this. Even, even though at the beginning you kept saying, oh, by the end of this, you'll be in love and you'll have found a woman and you'll be all happy and soppy. And it's like, Ew. You did have a soppy face. There was, there was. I did have a soppy face for about a sonnet there. Yeah, for a couple of sonnets when you just got your girlfriend. It was like, no, it's all about love and beauty and kindness and the world is such a happy place. <laughs> I don't think I ever said the world is such a happy place. That even even when I'm in love, I'm not. The world is still ugh, hell. Is other people as uh... whatever that person said. <sighs> oh dear. Um. So, so, um, Sartre, I think it was. Yes, that sounds right. Okay, I think you should read this one out. Sonnet one five three. Cupid laid by his brand and fell asleep. A man of Diane... Di- How do you... I, Dians? Dians? I, I, because I presumed it was Diana, I said Dianes. But I don't know Dianes. if that's right. I'll do it like that. I'll start over. Cupid laid by his brand and fell asleep. A maid of Diane's disadvantage found, and his love kindling fire did quickly steep in a cold valley fountain of that ground, which borrowed from this holy fire of love a dateless lively heat still to endure, and grew a seething bath which yet men prove against strange maladies a sovereign cure. <laughs> 
But at my mistress' eye, love's brand new fired, the boy for trial needs would touch my breast. I, sick with all the help of Bath desired, and thither heed a sad, distempered guest. But found no cure, the bath for my help lies, where Cupid got new fire, my mistress' eyes. Excellent. That was Sonnet 153. And you read that far better than I did. Well done. Um, I, you, you, I, no, I'm going to do a different outro. Basically, the next sonnet is the last sonnet. Which means the last episode of this podcast, which is slightly weird from my point of view. <coughs> it, it is definitely weird. It has been 18 months since we've been doing this. There's no. What am I going to do on Thursdays, Mark? Yeah. I'm going to have to watch even more porn in my week now. I, I don't think you can actually... You can't take it. We need to do an no, intervention. No. But, <laughs> but um, the next sonnet, we're, we're going to try and set up a live one, like we did for the 100th sonnet, a live Google Hangout with me and Thierry. You can see us in person. You can see my crazy hair which is a bit like a Vulcan's at the moment, or a Romulan's, maybe. Um, so Either. Yeah. So we, we will be talking about that on our Facebook, which is uh, Facebook slash Inear Entertainment, on Tumblr, which is inearentertainment.tumblr.com, on Twitter, at Inear Entertainment, or at Sound of Seagulls. At, at Inear Ent. At Inear Ent, sorry. Um, on our website. Basically, we're going to be shouting about it all over the place. All you need to do to watch it live is either have a Google Plus account or a YouTube account. You can then just see it live. And it'll be probably about the same time this usually goes out, but we'll confirm the details. So do come along and watch and you can see what we look like. And you'll be able to write us messages live in in the um, comments on YouTube so we can see them. And it'll be a big, cool, interactive send-off for the podcast. So if you have been watching and listening to this, then please, please do do that. Um, but until next time, I am Mark Chasley, and you can follow me on Twitter at inearent. And I am Thierry Halers, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls. And we shall see you next time, and you shall see us next time. Wow! Hooray! Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an In-Ear Entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about In-Ear Entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.